0: Hello
1: and welcome to Pod to Survive. Um, This is our United States Grand Prix recap. Um, I hope all of you guys were able to tune in. It was definitely a better uh, race time for for us all. A little bit of afternoon action on the East Coast and, and, yeah, and noon on the West Coast. So afternoon on both coasts in the U.S. And uh, a really, really freaking fun race. Johnny, what were your first thoughts?
0: My first thoughts were were how awesome this track is. I know in in our preview pod we talked about the elevation we talked about the first climb up to the first turn but chase like as soon as that as soon as that race started and it's always super fun because the most movement as as we know is just right off of the off the bat um as soon as the lights go out but climbing up to that hill and just seeing all those cars you see it it's like you can see 8 to 10 cars on the top frame of that hill um which is unlike any other start on the calendar I, I was just blown away like i was i was super super excited on the start i think more so just because of how cool that track is to watch so i think like the viewer experience was uh was top notch
1: no espn did a really good job with it and like the fans were epic like it was just um they made it feel like uh, it belongs on the on the on the premier calendar of american sports to watch which obviously it's international sport but um i thought they made he just really highlighted the track and and it was just the perfect marriage of of everything we talked about in our preview pod where um you have everything leading up to it um all these newly engaged American fans just really revved up to see what is the best title chase um in a few decades
0: it was sold out it was it was it was four hundred thousand people i think and and I hope with such a large number I'm not like grossly off of the actual count there but it was sold out um they've been doing stuff since thursday there um you had shaquille o'neal handing out the the trophy at the end of the race you had um danica patrick doing you know uh pit side interviews um you know the miami yeah exactly they had to get the had to get the racer in there um but you know Miami Grand Prix comes in next season, which is going to be super fun. It's a street track. It's like right around the old Hard Rock, or I guess maybe they still play there. I, the Dolphins are so um, not yeah. into it that I don't know yeah. where the hell they play. But um, <laughs> I think that it's a street race there. So, like, Austin, you're right. Like, they they have this first movers advantage in this kind of recent swing of Formula One fandom in America. And ESPN did a really good job covering it. And I think Lewis Hamilton in his post-race, and we'll get into – the immediate reaction to the race results, but Lewis Hamilton in his post-race like addressed the crowd chase, and he was like, "I think this is the breakthrough um, race for Formula One breaking into America." So like, Austin is gonna be uh, like you said like a major major sport. F1 in Austin is gonna be a major sport scene for the U.S. for hopefully the next decade. Um, and the way that ESPN handled it this year felt really really. Cool.
1: No it was yeah just a, a perfect just um crowning achievement and it comes at, at at a great time let's let's just talk about the let's not bear the lead let's talk about this this title chase because um we we both had the the two of the two drivers in our in our predictions um going 1 2 um but we had it off uh max took the took the title in really a, a gutsy pull he didn't take the title he took no, the win the You got to watch win. out. He took, yeah. He took the sorry, win. Sorry. He took the podium. <laughs> he took the podium. Yeah. Ap- apologies. Um, but uh, he, he, he drove beautifully. Uh, honestly, I think it was a testament to, to Christian and the whole Red Bull strategy. Um, those early pits just proved uh, that he just paid off uh, honestly. And I thought Sergio really acted in a way that, Lewis hasn't gotten from Valtteri, which is he acted like a teammate in this race. Um, I think him pitting on lap 12 just forced Lewis's hand and that was the turning point.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you, you, you hit it straight on. I think Max drove an impeccable race. Um, Basically, the, the race finishes with, with with Max Verstappen taking it, uh, Lewis Hamilton finishing in second, and somebody who we didn't have in our in our top three predictions. I think we did the same essentially from our, our own personal competition. I think we both took home two points this week in our prediction battle. Because did you have did you have Max winning? I thought you had Lewis winning, right? You had Lewis. I had
1: Lewis winning. Yeah, we both mm-hmm. had Lewis winning.
0: And then did you have Max in second?
1: I had Max in second. No, yeah, I did. Checking the tape, I had I had Lewis. Valtteri Max, so um, I think you so. We both get one. two points. Yeah.
0: No, because because I had Lewis and Max, and we're just doing a yeah. point per. If we get any of the three right, but if we get it dead on for the for the result, we get a bonus point. But neither of us did. None of us got the neither, actual neither thing. So we're four four. But anyways, yeah. Max Max Verstappen drives like an impeccable race. Did not put a foot wrong. Um, and ultimately, the last. The last six laps, right? It's a 56-lap race. Around lap 50, the commentators are are talking about Lewis Hamilton chasing down Max Verstappen and shaving off, call it, a third of a second each lap. And they're just like one of the first pods that we ever did chase. You talked about kind of like a shark circling its victim like there's blood in the water. You know, Lewis Hamilton, you just saw the timesheets shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. And he could not get into DRS range. And for for the listener, obviously, I think you, you probably know what DRS is. That's when you get to release DRS, your, win, your, your wing flap in the rear goes down and you pick up additional slipstream, which is supposed to help overtaking. But cars can only engage the DRS system in Formula One if they're within a second of the person in front of them. And Lewis Hamilton, Chase, was like 1.2, 1.4, 1.3, 0.987 he was he was almost there but yeah uh, but but he got it the last lap here. but max Verstappen <laughs> but max Verstappen even before that the fact that lewis didn't get the drs stream on lap 53 he got it lap 55 like you're saying like he got it on the last lap and he ultimately does not get past max Verstappen but if max Verstappen like you're saying if he doesn't drive in an, an insane you know, perfect race here. If he puts a couple of feet wrong, if he goes and hits the curb a little bit too hard, and that shaves off, you know, a couple tenths of a second, um, you're seeing Lewis Hamilton getting DRS range two laps earlier, and he probably is a lot closer to overtake him. And in regards to the title chase, if Lewis Hamilton wins this race and doesn't finish second, he'd be leading Max Verstappen by one point, and instead. Ah, uh, Lewis ends up p- picking up a fastest lap, so he gets one additional point this weekend. But now Max Verstappen, Chase, he leads Lewis by twelve points. So pretty, pretty awesome race for the title hunt. Um, but a one-two, nothing. Yeah. Thankfully, they didn't crash each other out like we were talking oh, about 100%. in the pre.
1: It looked like it that first lap. I mean, it could have gone. Uh, ultimately. Lewis was super aggressive and, and took it off the line. Um, you saw Max never, never liking to concede anything, um, had to drive off um, there. He Just it couldn't battle it out. But um, no, they. I think both team both teams were smart. They they knew it's too late in the season to to have a crash and to leave anything up to the FIA or or up to totally to like just the green a red flag or anything like that. So they they just drove a. a basically a clean fight it that's it's like a boxing match it's a good clean fight um max ultimately through strategy through like impeccable tire management was able to hold him off yeah. um at the end there. yeah
0: yeah and, and i think we talked about it but sergio perez i mean god he was super quick this weekend um neither of us really had him in our predictions i think he's been that struggling number two driver for red bull so far this season sticking kind of around the six to eight spot um in each race, I, I would say sometimes he's had, he's had a couple of strong, strong performances, but yeah, a, a little bit disappointing in this race, um, with a lot of Mexican fanfare fanfare in, in Austin, Texas, you know, that's like his second home race. Cause oh, next yeah. race we're in Mexico oh, city, yeah. which will really be Sergio Perez's home race, but he was super quick and he, he battled for the undercut for and, you know, people don't really talk about the constructors championship. They more, more so focus on the driver's championship between Lewis and max, but, he picks up some good points for Red Bull here. Max victory, uh, podium finish for Sergio Perez. Uh, he was super, super quick, and and um, we talked about it. Like this is this could potentially become a battle of the number two drivers uh, to help their teammates moving forward. Because if we just do a bunch of one-two finishes like we did today, all throughout the rest of the season, it could go Max winning in Mexico City just like he did, you know, today. But then Lewis can just win the last three races in the Middle East, which he has had been strong at, you know, previously in, in, in former seasons, there has to be some sort of shakeup. And Sergio Perez right now looks faster than Valtteri Botas, um, who should have been faster. Honestly, um, he ends up, he ends up overtaking Carlos signs at the end of the race, but Chase like yeah. Botas had a full new engine um, Perez doesn't.
1: His- yeah, he did. I mean, and he did have to, like, he started where he started, basically. Like, he, he took that engine penalty, but he had the new one. So he, he didn't start too far back. He was fifth on the grid, right, to start today?
0: I think he was nine, right, because he qualified fourth, fourth. and then he did a five-point five yeah. penalty, so he's ninth.
1: Yeah, he came in at ninth. Um, so. And he finished
0: sixth, so he climbed three places. But anyways, we're, we're everybody's tough on him because he's got the best machinery. But
1: no, he. I mean, he he drove. I think solidly, but honestly, not not as quick as Sergio. Sergio was great today. Um, and and like I said, like, do you want to explain a bit to the audience, sort of that craftsmanship and that gamesmanship of of Red Bull having um bringing Sergio in at twelve to try to uh, force.
0: Yeah. So I think I think um, what Chase and I have kind of got to talking about is. When you have two cars at the top, which Perez has not been there for Verstappen, you have the chance to undercut if if for, for instance, Verstappen is battling Hamilton, if Perez goes into the pits when he 's third right behind Hamilton earlier than Lewis Hamilton and gets out there, and Lewis Hamilton for some reason has a you know a slow lap or a slow pit stop rather um, that's how Perez can undercut Lewis Hamilton and Lewis Hamilton will join the track behind Sergio Perez. And then it's a one, two Red Bull. Same thing can happen on the flip side for Mercedes in some of these upcoming races. If you have your number two driver um, in the mix within the top three, uh, but more importantly, basically staggered kind of right behind your main competitor in this case, Red Bull versus Mercedes, you can just use your number two driver um, to help your, your lead driver. Um, And it'll be super interesting chase. If, if it's the same thing where Verstappen is extremely quick and Perez is extremely quick in Mexico City with this championship battle, if if Hamilton is still there and Perez is strong in Mexico, what drama it will be if Christian Horner has to go on the radio to tell Sergio Perez to give up his place so that Max Verstappen can get in front of him at his home Grand Prix with all of the Mexican brands that sponsor that Red Bull car and all the money that's invested in that seat, because Sergio Perez brings a lot of Mexican money into that, um, just a little, just I don't a little know if tidbit. Be able
1: to do that? I don't. know. I mean, I, able, I know putting myself I, in a position of Christian. Like, I don't think I could honestly do that with all the economic, all the, the the Sergio pressure, and and you want Sergio to be invested. Like, part of the problem with Valtteri and like, like him leaving and all the drama behind the scenes. I think it is playing out on the track to a certain degree. You want to have a number two driver. These guys all have egos, but you don't want someone to be pissed off and sort of like actively pissing out on the way out.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you want an engaged driver in in, um, some of the post-race type stuff where they were breaking down Sergio's performance today was that I thought it was interesting this race and the last race was was what Sergio Perez has said the, the first two races that he has decided to go from a different setup. So the cars are set up each weekend um, particular to not only the racetrack of how they think the car needs to handle it, but also per the driver's preference. And so the Red Bull car as the lead driver being Max Verstappen, it's been developed for Max Verstappen. And what we've learned this, this week, essentially, they released this kind of to the media, is that Sergio Perez when he hopped into this Red Bull car this year, he's been using the same general setup as Max Verstappen and they're two different racers. You know, they have they have different strong sets. Sergio Perez is a veteran racer, he's been been racing longer than Max in Formula 1 and for the last two races, Chase, Sergio Perez has basically said I want my own setup and they've given it to him and he's really performed. He started to show a lot of speed and maybe it's because his car setup should not be the same way that Max is set up and they're finally you know, acknowledging that. So um, he's no, it's, engaged. It's he's, silly. He's, he's fast.
1: It's great. And and I don't, Yeah, it's silly that they hadn't been going this before. I mean, you've seen how much people have struggled to, to drive that number two car for Red Bull because it's, it's tuned to Max Verstappen's liking and, and it's not an easy car to drive. I mean, he Max can drive it like a, obviously a bandit out of hell, but it's not for everyone. And you shouldn't, yeah, you shouldn't be pigeonholing these drivers um, and leaving them, Kind of to fail, so Sergio obviously has proven himself time and time again to be insanely talented, insanely quick in the right moments, and um, it's good that they're letting him sort of drive like he needs to. Yeah. Um, any, I mean, do we want to touch a little bit on the McLaren Ferrari stuff?
0: I'd love to. I was going to say, you know, we, we've gone into the results. Obviously, like we said, Verstappen wins. Hamilton is second. Sergio Perez finishes third. That's your podium. Charles Leclerc for Ferrari. Ferrari was extremely quick this weekend. He finishes in fourth and just to run through it for, for the top 10. Um, fifth is Daniel Ricardo. Hell of a race out of him. I think his defense was pretty, pretty phenomenal with, uh, with a faster car behind him and Carlos Sainz, Carlos Sainz ends up finishing in seventh. Botas slides in there between them right at the end. I think in the last two to three laps, Botas ends up finishing sixth. Like I said, seventh is signs. Eighth is Lando Norris. Uh, not that strong of a race. I think this was just one where Ferrari had a faster car, and that wasn't what either team expected. I think this was a big win for Ferrari. Um, and then I know Vettel is is tenth. I'm trying to think about who finished ninth. Do you know? Was ninth Sonoda? It could have been Sonoda. I think ninth was Sonoda. But um, yeah, it, it was a good race. But yeah, let's talk about McLaren and Ferrari. Their their first duel on that first lap was incredible.
1: No, it, it was really insane. Insane to see that just kind of going back and forth, and to have both the McLarens sort of ganging up on that first lap and and slingshotting Lando. I just honestly like. I, I think this is the most exciting battle, I, I for the constructors at least, because like you give up the the the, the constructors almost like. Ferrari and Mercedes—they're going to do their battle, but it's more about the drivers. That in that case, I think this is such a team-based fight that it's really exciting to kind of to watch. um, Basically, these McLarens be quick off the start, and then ultimately, like you you see, Leclerc is probably the best driver of the bunch, and he gets he gets that um, that fourth place finish above Danny. But uh, I thought your boy danny drove a, an awesome race honestly
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no i think i think they did and and um yeah i th- i thought leclerc you 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 hit on it LeClaire, he opened up a 26 second uh, lead on daniel ricardo um, and even more so on lando lando was probably 34 seconds behind him at the end of the race 35 seconds um carlos signs they they did some 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 I guess subadequate qualifying strategy chase where they used uh, a medium tire too long in the qualifying session. And for, for the listener, this, the, the tire choices that you choose in the three sectors of qualifying affect what you're going to start on for the race. And this weekend uh, for the race, the medium tire choice was the fastest and Carlos signs used an extra medium, um, in qualifying. So he had to start on the soft tire. Um, And only him and Yuki Tsunoda started on the soft tire. So that kind of screwed Carlos Sainz's race from the start. Um, And that kind of shows the difference between him and his teammate. I don't think it was as dramatic as 26-plus seconds between Sainz and Leclerc. I think Leclerc just drove an incredible race. And once he got ahead of the pack, when Sainz, Norris, and Ricardo were really battling on the first lap, Leclerc just had clean air in front of him and and just kept pushing. But yeah, I think... um, I think that that first that first battle I think it was from like turn 9 through the end of that first lap you had both McLarens battling back and forth I think Lando Norris gets pushed off by Carlos Sainz Daniel Ricardo turns on the inside of I think turn 16 and finally makes the move to to gain a place into 5th which he stays for the rest of the race but um really really, really yeah. cool battle between the McLarens and Ferraris and and honestly they're the two strongest teams in regards to, like, average driver strength, right? Lando and Daniel are phenomenal, and Sainz and LeClaire are phenomenal driver pairings. So besides your top teams with the Red Bulls and the Mercedes, where we have just two guys that are just much different from the rest, it seems like, that are, are really performing on a crazy level with Max and Lewis, um, the, 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 the well-rounded teams of McLaren and Ferrari for these last five races, that's going to be a really fun battle to watch.
1: No, it's 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 been awesome, awesome drama, honestly. And um, in terms of the constructors, uh, Ferrari is only um, three and a half points back now, so um, they're they're inching up on McLaren. Um, who do you think gets the advantage in Mexico City? I don't want to do too much predict preview pod stuff, but um, if you had to think, like who's better on that street circuit? So yeah, McLaren. so so
0: Daniel, Daniel, well, it's tough because. Also, Formula One is such a yeah, Danny's
1: great, Formula
0: One great. is such a what are you doing for me recently type sport. I mean, you talked about Leclerc. I think you made a comment a couple minutes ago <laughs> that he's the best driver of the bunch. Versus a couple pods, we were talking about if Carlos Sainz is better than Leclerc. So even on this podcast, we're we're pretty indicative of the fact that <laughs> if you don't do something for me recently, you know you're not you know are you're, you're 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 dead meat, right? Daniel Ricciardo has had a great second half of the season. The yeah. first half, they were talking about some guy from IndyCar. Replacing him next season. I mean, Formula One is dramatic in that way. So I don't know who's going to be super strong next week. I do know it's it's a street circuit. Um, I I still think that Mercedes and Red Bull are are going to be. You know, we're not going to see a Monza right where McLaren is starting on the podium with both cars. Like it's going to be Mercedes and Red Bull in Mexico City. Yeah. And today was a little bit bizarre for the McLaren and the Ferrari strengths because McLaren has historically this season been really good in long straights. They have really good top speed. They do very, very well with long traditional straights. They don't do well with medium speed corners. So when you're kind of on your brake and you're sliding through, that's where cars like Red Bull, Mercedes and Ferrari do a lot better than McLaren, um, which I think it has to do with the, with the rear of the car, the way it sits. It's just not as quick out of those turns. Um, so, but today was a different today was a different case. Uh Daniel was was interviewed post race chase and they asked him generally the same question of what do you think the strength is going to be compared to Ferrari moving forward in Mexico City and then through the three final races in the Middle East? And Daniel said, "We thought today we would be really strong on the straights. Ferrari was better than us on the straights. We were better on the corners." So, They've got a lot to figure out between now and I think we're gonna we're gonna race again in two weeks in Mexico City of what the right setup for the car is gonna be for these last five races. I don't think they have any more technical upgrades to the actual car anymore. So what you saw today is what you're gonna get moving forward, but we'll see. I I, I think I think Ferrari's super super strong, and if I'm if I'm betting on one of those teams to take P3, I think it's gonna be Ferrari. So. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope <laughs> I hope Daniel Ricciardo gets a couple podiums here in the last five races, and McLaren gets P3 because I think they're way more fun to cover, and I think they're great for drive to survive and Twitter. And this weekend, you saw Daniel Ricciardo oh, yeah. and everything, or, but
1: or Zach Brown.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, long-winded answer, but I, I think Ferrari is uh, has closed the gap. You know, McLaren had a 16 to 20 point lead a couple races ago, and now it's only three, like you said. So I think Ferrari is looking really. Good.
1: Yeah, no, honestly, that, that's just a fun little one for, for racing fans just to have um, as as just another competition. Honestly, like, yeah, this year has been so fruitful in terms if you like competition and if you like um, just watching the standings because there's just there's so much to root for, even not maybe towards the back of the grid, but the, at the front of the grid and in the middle. just It's just battle after battle. But that was what I was watching basically – other than Max and Lewis, it was just that, that Ferrari basically look, that look Leclerc once Leclerc kind of got clear air. That was, that was that, but, um, those first few laps, it was super, super exciting to watch that. Yeah. Um, that, the
0: start, ahead. the start was, the start was awesome. It, I hate to say that it was boring because it wasn't because that track is so fun to watch because there's so much elevation and there. The turns are so cool where the tires, you just see that they're maximizing everything. So if you didn't tune in for the Austin Grand Prix, watch the highlights. Definitely tune in next year. That was the most fun race on the calendar, I think, to cover. I don't know what you thought, Chase, but that was... And it didn't hurt, like you yeah. said, that we had some some regular human times as opposed to waking up at 5 or 6 a.m. to cover this stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. But
0: but oh. other than <laughs> other than the four teams we talked about, Red Bull, Mercedes, McLaren, and Ferrari, Aston Martin has been trash this year. Uh, really, really not significant. Uh, Lance Stroll has been... He's been he's he's fully he's fully disappeared. No, he's, he's not he's even like, competitive.
1: Yeah, he's the invisible man.
0: Which I like, I kind of love because, and I, and I hate to do this, but I think that um, what's his dad's name? Stroll. Um, I forget his name. Yeah, Lance Stroll. Whatever his his dad, his dad, what? I think is. I know he's some power boss businessman. I think he's a bit of a tool, and so I kind of like that he took over Aston martin and in the last drive to survive series when he showed what the car would look like he basically looked at the camera chase and was like if you think our car looks good just wait until you see how well it performs and compared to the rest of the he's like we've got a f- real treat for you fans and they've done nothing and so i kind of love it like tongue in cheek um he he uh no, I mean, he just it, hasn't done anything it's,
1: it's lawrence stroll um just for the listeners, but. It, I, yeah, so similar to Lance. I, yeah, I almost thought he was Lance Junior. But they haven't done anything since ripping off that doing the pink Mercedes. Basically, like they they had pace off of that pink Mercedes, but that was just a total rip off design that they were able to use. Um, I, this year they just haven't haven't had any pace. And
0: I love Seb. Like I think Seb has actually done pretty well to outperform
1: Lance Stroll, which
0: as as we know, that's really the only thing that a that a driver really cares about uh, if they're not in the title hunt or in some sort of constructors battle is beating their teammates. So they don't look like they've lost a step. So I think Seb has, has shown a little bit of form in comparison to Lance Stroll, but yeah, Aston Martin has, has done nothing. Um, Alpine, I think they've had a couple of good races, but they've been insignificant. So it so, looks like Daniel Ricardo left them at an okay time because McLaren is really battling and, I think he'd be pretty frustrated if he was still with Renault now Alpine, but it's really a four it's <laughs> a four car thing. Too. It's a four car thing.
1: Yeah, that's that's what's fun to follow. I mean, I felt bad for our guy for hoping for big things from Fernando Alonso, but had to retire um, in this race and just um,
0: Ocon retired too. Oh, that, yeah. that Alpine is just it, it was the first first race chase that we have kind of seen some some DNFS bulk up for some teams because this year I feel like there've been racing incidents that have caused cars to, um, have to retire from the race, unfortunately. But if you go into years past in 2018, 2019, um, and even before there are seasons where you have main title contenders having six, seven DNFs because of car breakdowns and stuff like that with engines this year, it's been very, very reliable from a, from an across the grid standpoint, which is a positive, Mm -hmm. Um, it kind of sucks when you just have a car tailing off and four laps into the race. Um, so, so yeah, I, yeah. I,
1: the, no justice for our guy, Cyril, Cyril too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Um, not that he was the the best, uh, director, but I, I just, uh, honestly loved him on drive to survive. So happy to see Alpine not really finding any success even without him. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just, one thing I, one thing I wanted him. to mention about the rest of
1: the grid was that, you know,
0: we mentioned, uh, you know, Yuki Tsunoda, he gets points here. I think, uh, I think he finishes in ninth. We'll have to check that, but he's had a good qualifying and race, uh, Gasly, I think had to retire, which was unfortunate. He, he has not been super strong in the second half of the season. Um, but Nikita Mazepin for, for, for Haas, he finishes 88 seconds behind Mick Schumacher, which I thought was just unbelievable. Um, you don't see in the timing sheets because if you get lapped, it just says plus one lap or plus two lap. They don't show you the time breakdown on a lot of the immediate kind of race recap, um, graphics chase, but he finished 88 seconds behind his teammate, which is unbelievable. I mean, you're at the back of the grid. You guys are both in Haas's and Mick Schumacher is dusting Nikita Mazepin by 88 seconds. Basically Nikita Mazepin almost got lapped three times. Um, so I think we can finally put put to rest that he does not deserve to be in this sport. I think he finished last year in fifth in a in, uh, formula two, which as a paid driver, even having the best formula two car to finish fifth kind of means that you're not um, up to it. Right. But then he comes in and, and buys half of the Haas team and gets a seat in formula one. I hope that we don't have more than one more year of Nikita Mazepin because the guy cannot drive. <laughs> it's
1: just Yeah. With these people, where it's too obvious, like, we just kind of need to cut that out of the sport. I hope there's enough money going around from television dollars that they don't feel the need to to get these huge sponsorship deals. I mean, the sponsorship deals should come organically and they should come from having talent on the grid. So let's just get the quality as high as possible. Agreed. No, I mean, I think this was a super fun one. Honestly, like it, it was just a super fun one to watch. Obviously, um, you had the one-two at the end um, that, that'll keep this title race interesting. Uh, Mexico City is going to be super fun street circuit, and uh, any. Cl-
0: no, I think, um, I think that it's going to be the expectation is one-two finishes unless there's some drama. Uh, for the next five races. And I and I don't think that either driver are going to put a, a, a foot wrong. And if they do, that's how they lose it. But Max is going to need to take one of them away from Lewis in the Middle East for it to really feel like he's got it. Because right now he's got a 12-point lead, which is better than seven points or six points. And I do think that Red Bull will continue to be strong in Mexico City. But those three races at the end, Qatar, Abu Dhabi, Saudi Arabia um typically mercedes has been good there but this season it's kind of been a toss-up right mercedes is supposed to be really good in austin and red bull had the pace the whole weekend so very yeah, fun I mean, championship and uh yeah i'm looking forward to to getting to mexico city and seeing if max Verstappen can win his first world title
1: that should be great i, I yeah i think a lot of what the history we're going off of is is a Mercedes car that's just so much faster than the grid. And thank God Red Bull's been able to put a car together that's rival rival the, the speed. So we can kind of really see who's a great driver and who's the best, at least in these two teams. So, no, I can't wait to keep going forward. Johnny, this has been a pleasure. Sorry about some technical difficulties on my end, but uh, we'll get those cleaned up. And uh, I can't wait for... Uh, my-
0: for sure. Thanks, Chase. Fun race to watch.
1: Perfect. Go Lakers. Let's get a win tonight.
0: Go Lakers.